0: Welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started.
1: Welcome to the next episode of Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I'm your host, Kant Miryala. And here is my quick disclaimer for every one of you. These audios, podcasts are meant for educational purposes only not a solicitation, nor an endorsement for investment. You do so at your sole discretion. We suggest you do your due diligence. We are not financial advisors. Tokens are supremely highly risky. You could lose all of your invested money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now let me get down to the fun stuff. Sunny Ray, Sunny Ray, our guest speaker today, operates beyond the level of pure technology and considers relevant social, economic, and environmental conditions. He's the co-founder and president of Unocoin, India's leading Bitcoin company. Unocoin is a platform that makes it easy to securely buy, sell, store, send, receive, use, accept Bitcoin. Basically, it's your opening doors, gateway to Bitcoin in India. And of course, you all know that Bitcoin is the world's first open source, decentralized digital currency and joining me today in interviewing our friend Sunny Ray is my my friend and my co-host Siddharth Shanbagh. Siddharth has over 20 years of global experience in winning, delivering, consulting services for large professional services companies and the big four. Account partner, he helps clients, enterprise-wide transformation agendas, orchestrates creation, sales service all kinds of stuff in the consulting industry. He has one and delivered consulting businesses across a wide portfolio of services in financial services, banking operations, banking functions, and published a whole bunch of articles in that area. Also, (laughs) he's very interested in investments, obviously in cryptos and all of that, but he's also a property investor with a keen eye for creating double-digit returns via cash flows. So without further ado, here is Sunny Ray. Well, we're very, very excited. First of all, very thankful for your generosity of time, given that you're doing a startup and all of that. We know you're super busy. Uh, However, uh, in return, uh, we hope to bring your message to a significantly large audience. Uh, We are a podcast that's probably a little over a month old, but we already have almost 15 episodes, half of them already out there live and we're trying to become the podcast for the entire crypto space. So we are hustling <laughs> so, and you will probably relate to that as an entrepreneur. So we wanted to kind of uh, chat with you a little bit about you as a person, as an entrepreneur, your interest, how did this, what is the backstory behind, you know, coin and uh, and what's the journey been so far and uh, where are you going? So that's kind of what we wanted to cover. <laughs> sure
0: yeah sounds good I'm looking forward to it
1: right you want to you want to just start off with the at the beginning as I say and how did you guys come mm-hmm. up with the idea and you and your partner in India
0: sure okay so I think yeah maybe it might make sense to start with my background real quick uh, you know, I'm obviously my parents are from India I was born and raised in Canada I graduated as an engineer almost 15, 16 years ago, and uh, after graduating, I spent about three or four years uh, building a financial brokerage. So I got all my financial licenses and whatnot. Um, I started up a brokerage. I left the space uh, before the crash in 2007, 2008, Um, and then I spent about eight years, the bulk of my career, uh, essentially doing BD, so business development for a robotics company uh, that was originally from Canada, and I helped of expand to South America and Asia. And and so about five years ago, on behalf of that company, I moved out to India. And around that time is when I discovered Bitcoin. And because I spent time in the financial industry, because I was coming from a technical background, um, as soon as I saw Bitcoin, or maybe that after the second time I saw Bitcoin, I was really intrigued by the white paper. And I essentially, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a, a lot of people. Um, I didn't have any friends in India because I'm from Canada originally. So I, because I was obsessed with Bitcoin, I started the first meetup groups. I don't know if you've heard of meetup.com, oh, yeah. but oh, yeah. so we it's called India Bitcoin. And, um, and through that, you know, it was just like uh, at the beginning, there was only two or three people at the meetups that eventually grew to 20, 30 people, then 200, 300 people. And now it's like a couple thousand people. But through that meetup, every month, every two weeks, we used to connect uh, with people in the Bitcoin space and uh, and really and then through that, about six months of me doing that or a year after that, I, I uh, met Satik who's the CEO of Unocoin today. And I met Harish and Abhi, um, my three co-founders for Unocoin. And when we first met, we just started doing different projects. We, we ran a Bitcoin mining operation. We did, uh, we did a, um, conference, a big Bitcoin conference, called the global Bitcoin conference. And like this, we did like 10, 15 different things. Most of it, you know, was a money loss for us. We lost a lot of time and energy, but we kept learning, um, in terms of, you know, how kind of trying to find market product market fit. And so finally, you know, we, 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 um, Uh, Because I'm from Canada, you know, we knew at the time it was very easy to buy and sell Bitcoin in Canada and other places. But in India, it was still very challenging. There was no, um, you know, like trusted kind of brokerage platform, online website or app. So, yeah, so that's, you know, I think almost four years ago today, uh, we, we kind of had the idea for Unocoin. Three months later, we launched Unocoin. Initially, again, we didn't think too much of it, um, but then lots of people started coming on the platform. Uh, about six months in, so to our our birth, uh, someone by the name of Barry Silbert, who runs uh, an organization called DCG, Digital Currency Group, which is one of the top kind of, uh, investment firms in the space, uh, made an investment in Dodo coin. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, um, in terms of like, you know, just, just some metrics around our growth. So it took us about maybe about three years to get to our first hundred thousand users. It took us another, maybe six months to get to our second hundred thousand users. It took us about three months after that to get our third hundred thousand. We just passed 400,000 and that took us about a month and a half and we're about to pass half a million users. And so you know that we're adding you know a few thousand users every day. Uh, Our team we're up to about seventy five people now. Um, You know, and then last year around this time uh, we started doing a raise. We closed it about nine months ago. We raised um, almost actually was two million dollars from not only DCG but also Boost, which is led by uh, you know uh, Adam. Adam Draper and uh, he's the son of Tim Draper. Also, um, you know, a funders club, which is an early investor in Coinbase. And so, yeah, we have like a a great lineup of of investors. And uh, so that kind of brings us to today.
1: First of all, congratulations, tremendous success story, tremendous growth patterns and all of that. Uh, It does surprise me. Maybe it was before The ICO times, wouldn't ICO have been a logical choice to raise money rather than the traditional VC route?
0: So I feel like you just said, it's a new, it's a new phenomenon. Uh, You know, VCs are the main way that every successful company, you know, today, that's how they raise capital. Um, And so, so ICOs wasn't even an idea back then. Um, and especially, I don't think you can find even one exchange in the world that, that, that has done an ICO. Uh, and, and, but then fast forwarding to today, uh, you know, um, we're also at this point not considering an ICO, uh, mainly because of the unknowns around the ICO, mainly because of the regulatory risks, the, you know, and you're seeing a lot of what's happening now globally. Uh, but this is something we projected and, and we knew that, that things were going to get you know, worse before it got better.
1: So you to, to date you have raised uh, over two million dollars. You said
0: yes, we raised two hundred and fifty k from DCG in the first six months, and another two million uh, in the last nine months or so.
1: That's amazing. So yeah. do do you expect this to take you to profitability, or do you see another? Long yeah. yeah,
0: no. I mean, our country, our company's already has broken even. We broke even about six months ago as well. Um, and so, yeah, but we are, we are gearing up. We're thinking about uh, maybe doing a series A uh, next year. Um, and that's mainly to kind of, you know, help drive even more growth.
1: Okay. And uh, we, we have something called ZEPPay in India. Uh, what is the difference between Unicoin and ZEPPay? Are they the same thing or, or do they have different purposes? Who would, go to a Zepay and who would go to a Unicoin?
0: Who would go there versus who would go to us? I, I mean, I, from my understanding, you know, they obviously offer a, a service for buying and selling Bitcoin. Again, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's hard for me to comment on, on their system, but I, I do think, I, for example, I don't think they have a web platform. So if you're on a laptop, you can't use Uh, their platform. Um, But I mean, you know, there's a hundred different things that I think make us stand out. I'd rather speak about what makes us different from Zepay and all the other guys. Um, But, you know, I don't want to go after any specific one, mainly because to be completely honest with you, I I think, I think is a great company. I actually think so is uh, toward the other Bitcoin companies in India. And in fact, we actually, you know, we collaborate uh, you know, we, in terms of whether it's liquidity, whether it's, you know, working together to to uh, kind of further the dialogue with regulators, whether it's, you know, just working together, like as an industry. Um, so, so yeah, so, so we speak, you know, we, we think highly of these guys um, and gals that, that, that runs FPA, but at the same time, we don't think about them much, to be honest. We just focus on our customers and we focus on what we need to do best. Um, so I think a couple of things that, like I said, that set us apart is we were, From my understanding, the first, you know, proper uh, brokerage platform that does things like KYC and Hamel and, you know, we we have an easy to use wallet. Uh, I mean, these are all features that I I didn't see in India before we started. Um, and, And, you know, a lot of the other companies have kind of modeled how they do banking, how they do a lot of their things after us. And, uh, and we think that's, you know, flattering and we learn from them sometimes as well. Um, so, so to be completely honest, we, uh, wouldn't want to be the only Bitcoin company in India. We want to be amongst others that are doing great things. Um,
2: Sunny, uh, I have a question for you, uh, just for your listeners. Uh, what is, I mean, when you, when you guys sort of, uh, stepping back, uh, three, three and a half years ago, when you got together, I'm assuming in the the so-called garage, (laughs) your mom's garage, or your dad's garage, or your family garage, and you guys put your heads together. What was that fundamental sort of business problem that you wanted to solve? What was the sort of, uh, you know, the business need that you were trying to... Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. So I kind of skipped through my story kind of quickly, uh, but but, but just to rewind. So when we started doing these meetups in India and Bangalore, so one thing is, is we did our meetups a little bit differently from... Most other meetups I've attended, the most meetups they just have them at like coffee shops or whatever, right? Uh, but for us, we, we used to do them at like Leela Palace, which is like I, I I don't know if there's something better than a five star hotel, but if there is, it's Leela Palace. I, so, I,
2: I agree with you. Completely agree with
0: you. So so we used to just always kind of do it at a place where we just set the the bar kind of high, and and then um um but then in terms of like the idea, you know, we would get people coming to our meetups with with like cash saying they want to buy Bitcoin and me having spent some time in the financial industry, I knew that that might not be, you know, kind of like the safest for us at least and for our clients. And, and we also knew, I personally knew that in Canada, like I said, I could buy Bitcoin from the comfort of my home, but in India, there wasn't a really, really simple, easy way to do that. And so it was that problem statement. It was how do we essentially enable anybody in India to buy uh, Bitcoin? Right. How do we make it super easy? So that, that was the problem. And, and it was a problem that we had ourselves. And really, we were solving that problem for ourselves. Um, and that's why at the beginning, you know, we didn't really think that this was going to be as big as it is today, right? Because we were just saying, hey, it would be nice to have a website where I can buy some Bitcoin. And so we said, hey, let's build it. And so it's more just itching, itching, scratching our own head. Yeah, gotcha.
1: Place. How gotcha. did you seed it? How did you seed the initial buy and sell of Bitcoins?
0: How do we seed it? So we had a little float, you know, uh, of Bitcoin ourselves. Um, that So let's say you came to UnoCoin and you wanted to buy, we would sell you our own Bitcoin. And then let's say, you know, an hour later, he came and, you know, and he said, I wanted to do the opposite. We would, you know, buy it or whatever from him. So, but now obviously that happens at a much higher frequency and, you know, they all balance out. But, uh, but yeah, initially we just, we just, a little bit of our own capital into it and you know and, and then also satvik who you know even though i'm kind of i get a lot of credit for being the face of uno point but the truth is is that that's really mostly what i am so i'm the face uh, i would say the brains of the operation is you know the other three guys i mentioned especially satvik and so yeah i do think that you know i think that uh, you know a lot of credit goes to him in terms of, sort of architecting a lot of this but yeah
1: Uh, What is the current volume of, uh, in terms of bitcoins and dollar value, if you could kind of give an idea for the listeners, that would be great.
0: So we don't, because we're not an order book exchange, we don't make our numbers public and nor have we ever done that. Um, You know, I I can comment a little bit about our growth curve in terms of, I know for a fact that our volume is something that's been growing consistently, I'd say between 10 to 20% every month. Um, you know, I can give you just maybe some numbers. It's like, uh, you know, like it's in the tens of 20 million around there. I think by the end of this year, we'll be doing per month, um, without going into like specific details. So it's not a whole lot. if you compare us to, you know, the global market, if you compare us to the United States, if you compare us to, you know, some of the other big markets, but at the same time, I think that, you know, I think it's growing. And I think that if this curve keeps up, you know, in the next uh, a couple of years, you'll see some big things coming
1: out of in India. Oh, I think in a few years, you'll be doing billions every year. And that's my opinion. Uh, yeah. Is it only Bitcoins or have you added Ether and Litecoin and Doge and other things?
0: Yeah, no. So we've, you know, again, our, our focus has really just been on, on doing what we perceive to be the heavy lifting, right? So I've seen that there's a big tendency in space to, for people to not want to deal with banks or not want to deal with you know regulators and stuff. And so, you know, those kind of places is where we've said, hey, let's focus more. And so our value proposition from day one has been essentially being the bridge between, you know, you could say the existing financial system and this new System and if you think about it, Bitcoin is really the one, meaning it's always been like it was the first you know digital open source cryptocurrency to kind of scale. Um, and Ethereum has been around for two or three years now. I'm I, because I'm from originally from Toronto, I, I know the founders of Ethereum really well, and I'm really good friends with them. Like, believe it or not, I, I consider Anthony DiOrio a good friend. I consider you know, um, I'm not really friends with Metallic, but you know, I, I, I've, I've interfaced with him many times, he's a super nice guy. I, I respect them. Um, but uh, on our platform, in terms of like Coin, we have not uh, brought on any other cryptocurrencies except for Bitcoin and, and Rupees. So that's that's the only pair we've dealt with till date. Um, I will say that we get a tremendous amount of, you know, obviously, uh, people asking now, requesting now, especially with Ether kind of doing what it's done over the last year or two. Uh, year. Um, so now uh, I should mention one thing. We did introduce a you could call it a fifty percent shapeshift integration, where you can convert, uh, I think, six cryptocurrencies, including Ether and, and Litecoin, Ripple into Bitcoin. So you can feed your UnoCoin Bitcoin wallet uh, with you know rupees or any other fiat currency, or any other cryptocurrency, but you cannot convert Bitcoin into other cryptocurrencies. And and again, we've been very you know selective mainly because. From a UX, UI perspective, you know, we, we still recognize that, that there's a lot of new people coming into the space. Like I said, three imagine three 4,000 people, new people every day signing up, right? Like, you know how hard it is to even explain Bitcoin, right? So now we're trying to explain Ether and Ripple and Litecoin. It's just, it's too much. And the true thing is, is once people have their Bitcoin, they can do what they want, right? Um, the other thing is, is obviously risk, right? So like, for example, you guys have might've have heard about the Dow, right? So let's say we did support the Dow and some guy came and converted X amount of Bitcoin or rupees into the Dow and the Dow, you know, ends up happening. What ended up happening, like we just, it just it's just too early and too much risk as a business uh, to adopt these uh, platforms. But like I said, we're actively looking at it and, and, and kind of future versions of our website that we're building are going to kind of obviously be multi-asset.
1: Do you encounter security-related issues, questions? How do you deal with them? So I would say the two biggest,
0: you know, kind of value propositions or things that we spend a lot of time on uh, is, you know, obviously security. Um, and, you know, like I said, on the other side is just regulatory uh, matters, right? Um, but in terms of uh, dealing with security, So, I mean, that's a kind of a big question you know, we do a lot of different things. It's never something that you can, you know, ever be a hundred percent confident about, but for example, um, you know, in Bitcoin there's this thing called cold storage. Are you guys familiar with that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we obviously, I mean, any central kind of entity uh, like an exchange or whatever does this, or any uh, reliable service, but we keep most of our funds offline. Um, And we do that mainly because no matter how much you protect your server, um, there's always a chance that your server can get breached, and and so um, you know I think any kind trying to keep our keep hackers at bay is obviously one of the most challenging things that that you face as as an exchange owner. Um, we also have things like mandatory two FA. So in terms of you know just some learnings is you know we used to have S, we used to have more of an SMS based two FA, um, but you may have heard there's a lot of kind of security holes around that. So. Now we're kind of moving more towards a, like a Google 2FA uh, kind of scenario for users. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different things that we're doing, but, you know, like I said, uh, you know, hackers are always kind of coming after um, Bitcoin exchanges because they know that, you know, there's Bitcoin there.
1: Yeah, because uh, the Mount Gunk's disaster was so bad that, I mean, it set Bitcoin back from whatever it was, 1000 to $200 or so. It, the progress of Bitcoin was set back by, I don't know, maybe a couple of years at that time, but it now more than recovered. And now, um, so this is, this is very exciting. How, how is your growth happening? Is it organic? Do you, do you market it yeah you know, actively or is it? some kind of a viral effect of people telling people word of mouth, how, how is it happening?
2: And, 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 and before you answer that, I want to combine another thing. Um, what sort of, sort of, you know, transaction cycles, or, you know, or do you also see that, uh, what type of, I guess, users are getting attracted to, to your, to, to, your business?
1: Yeah. Who and how, okay. Who are the people and how are they coming in? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. Sorry, guys. There's a whole bunch of questions in there. I, I'll answer yours first then about the who's coming, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the truth is, is we don't know exactly, right? Like you don't know exactly why somebody's buying Bitcoin because uh, but you just don't know. That's just kind of the nature of Bitcoin. But because we run a customer service desk, because we anecdotally, we speak to clients, because, you know, we, we kind of are in touch with our clients. We can make some rough estimates as to who's using our platform and for what reason. Uh, we think that maybe forty percent, thirty-five to forty percent, are are solely buying it with the purpose of you know uh, as like a digital gold, right? right? It's Like right. Uh, they think they said, hey, the Bitcoin price has gone from five dollars to five thousand dollars in the last five six years. It may be a the same thing in the future. So you know, put some money into it. So it's more of a, like an asset class. Uh, where We yeah. expect the value to go up. Um, and then the next big cohort and then and then the next obviously you could talk about traders and there, right, people who are not looking for long term um, you know, kind of value proposition, but they're looking to kind of short term movements in the in the price fluctuation to try and make money. Um the, the third I would say is kind of like remittance based, uh so where right. it's not us doing remittance per se, but it might be like a freelancer who's, you know. Uh, you know, he might be getting paid using PayPal or Western Union. It takes them a week. It might cost you know, if they get a thousand dollars sent to them, maybe nine hundred bucks gets them, nine hundred twenty dollars gets them. When they use Bitcoin and Unocoin, uh, they get the money almost right away, and they get all the money, like almost a thousand dollars. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so that is a, a, like a kind of a, a sector that's that's growing,
2: obviously. And uh, how, how much of the percentage of your business is remittances then? Um, I would say
0: fifteen, maybe it's still small, maybe fifteen to twenty percent. Right. Like, but it's growing faster than the other.
2: Uh, and I think and I think that's quite a healthy business given India. You know, expat. I mean, it gets in a lot of cash from overseas, right? Well, they, both, they both are, because yeah. number one, India is the biggest gold market in the world.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, number two, India is also the largest inward remitter in the world. Right. So exactly. they're exactly. both very juicy markets Exactly. That, you know, I think Bitcoin can play a part in. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the rest, we just kind of clumped like the remaining 20, 30 percent, whatever left. We kind of clumped them into... You know, more transactional, whether it's like merchants, like people buying things on a website, whether it's, you know, settling a debt with a friend or, or, you know, whatever things of that sort, more like miscellaneous. But I would say the big ones, again, are digital gold, um, asset class. The second one is more like trading, kind of like more on date trading, you know, and then the third is like a remittance. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, there's, and then there's all these other like kind of phenomenons, right. That are breaking out. There's blockchain for banks. So there's obviously lots of banks maybe buying crypto to just play with it and learn. There's like, you know, you guys brought up ICOs, even though we're not, you know, ourselves, um, big fans of like doing an ICO. Um, but again, if you want to buy an ICO, sometimes you might need to you know, get some Bitcoin. So, so there are these kind of tangential opportunities that we've kept an eye on, um, but yeah, so the, like I said, there's this is a massive, massive market. I think it's just it's really the, the beginning. Um, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because of the KYC, only Indians can use Unicoin, right? Not yeah. not anybody else. Okay, that kind of makes but sense. But if you're but if
0: you're an Indian, like let's say like me, if I have a place in India, um, you know, I have a PAN card and all that, but I also live. <laughs> in Canada, you can sign up you need a PAN card.
1: Oh, is, is that all you need?
0: And I think a residence would, would obviously be required. So if you have like a residence and a PAN card, um,
1: yeah, yeah. and you, you know. I'm an OCI. Can I have an account on Euro coin, For example,
2: uh, I'm an OCI. Oh, okay.
1: So you can. So maybe the answer is yes. Okay. That is- but, but,
2: but, but,
0: but in terms of servicing other markets, no, we don't service anything outside of India, like Indian people of Indian origin
1: to date yeah, yeah yeah but but yeah but OCI, yeah, i i wanted to clarify that because there'll be a lot of listeners is going out to several indians also are listening in, and given that this is you know coin um so that makes a difference the other question i had was your do you have plans of expanding this into other countries maybe in mm-hmm. asia or africa or, or maybe europe or america's i don't know i mean
0: I mean, like, uh, again, we try and only talk about things we've done in the past. We try not to talk too much about our future plans, um, mainly because, you know, the future is uh, uncertain and a lot of variables that we don't know, right? But, I mean, the answer generally, I mean, absolutely, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't see why we wouldn't uh, expand, but... Uh, is the timing right? I don't think so. I think, you know, we would, I think for us to even think about things like that uh, in a serious way, we would have to hit at least a few million users in India and really kind of build a solid foundation before we start looking elsewhere. But like I said, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada, I was born in Canada. Um, so, you know, between Canada and India, there's like a, a remittance corridor there that could be explored by having exchanges on both sides. Um, there's countries like Dubai that are very, you know, interesting when we look at it in terms of uh, potentially tapping that remittance market. There's uh, other countries in Southeast Asia. Yep. Um, so so we're, we're just kind of exploring. We're looking at different options. Um, and, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're not ser- like super serious about any uh, country outside of India. We just want to make sure we kind of uh, get India right. But, uh, but in the far future, absolutely. And it takes time, you know, to launch yeah. a new country, at least from our experience, it takes like, you can't just launch, uh, you need to, you need to know people. You need to have like, you need to have a presence on least ideally on the ground. You need to, um, have relationships with banks, with regulators, with the market, you have to do meetups. And there's a lot of heavy lifting with reporters and, so, uh, so yeah, so, so we're definitely, like I said, I was in UK, you know, my wife's from, uh, Colombia. but so I'm in Latin America a few times a year. Um, I'm from Canada my parents were in the U S for the last 10 years. So there isn't a single market that we don't think about, but maybe we spend 1% of our time thinking about it. The 99% is all on India.
1: Yolam you're a a brand, right? In India for Bitcoin. So how did you build that side of the story? How do you build the brand in India? I mean, these are the only, when I talk about Bitcoin in India, that's why I brought up the other company's name is, and then it's, you know, coin. These are the only two names I hear when I talk about Bitcoin out of India. How did you guys build that brand? You know, that's not easy, especially in India. There's so much noise around brands.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, I can talk about like all the fun things we do in terms of meetups and events and podcasts and all the things that I do, but I think the real brand is built by like our team that like kind of, you know, makes our company work. Right. So whether it's like, Oh, you have a complaint and you call one of our customer rep people and like how they deal with you affects our brand To You know, whether it's like a concern on a post on some website and like, you know, if you see like Suffolk our CEO coming in, like addressing your tweet or something like that kind of helps. And I think it's like a, I think it's an, it's kind of a culmination of lots of little, little things, you know, and um But yeah, I mean, initially, you know, before we even like built our brokerage platform, it was literally just a simple like blog. It was a WordPress site where we just, uh, you know, just tried to educate people. It was more just about kind of bringing Bitcoin to the masses. It wasn't like some master plan that we had. But over time, you know, uh, because we've been listening to kind of the market and we've been uh, being very scientific about our approach in terms of, you know, having lots of ideas, but then letting the market kind of tell us which ideas are good and which are bad. And then, you know, kind of like, and not just, um, not just depending on marketing to get our brand out, but depending on like a, almost like a laser focus on doing things that are remarkable. And the word remarkable means to remark to others, right? So meaning like fundamentally doing things that help people. So for example, in India, when I want to top up my cell phone, it took me like half an hour to 45 minutes because you go in, a lady pulls out a small SMS phone, and you have to wait in line. And now, through Uno point, I pay for my cell phone bill on the app, and it takes me like 10 seconds. Right, so that's like a value add. So we try and do lots of like things on top of the buy sell service that make people's lives. Another another example is you know we talk about freelancers and remittance. Right. So for the longest time, we would get people complaining saying, "Hey, I got paid thousand dollars at three a.m. and I was sleeping. I woke up at seven a.m. and the price of Bitcoin has gone down five percent. You know, I just lost five percent of my salary. So right. what? Is, so then we produce a separate Bitcoin address that auto sells any Bitcoin that hits that address." And so now we give people, you know, a new Bitcoin address, auto-sell, no volatility. You know, uh, the big uh, complaint that Raghuram Rajan, who was RBI governor, uh, made about Bitcoin was that it was super volatile. So we introduced something called a systematic investment plan where instead of buying 10,000 rupees of Bitcoin today, you can buy 100 rupees worth of Bitcoin every day over the next X number of days. And how and average it out. And so that way you're not being exposed to the volatility. And so so I think just constantly listening to the market and trying to kind of, you know, uh, like innovate is, is I think the best way to try to build a brand. It's not like, Oh, we have a great Google AdWords platform. I mean, that stuff you do obviously, but that's more to kind of like throw fuel to the fire. It's not like, the fundamental first principle
2: type of thing. Right. So, so, so it, so it almost seems like in addition to sort of your financial services background, I think your co-founders also have, so I, I'm assuming similar background when I think that's a healthy amalgamation of, of, of. Those oh, sort of.
0: Absolutely. So satvik for example, he's not only been a programmer since he was like five, right. um, you know, he, he, did, he studied programming, obviously at, um, in university. But he's also done his MBA from University of Melbourne in Australia. And after doing his MBA, Satvik started his own business.
1: Have you guys heard of Second Life? Second
0: Life? Yeah.
1: I have. I have heard of Second Life. Yeah.
0: many. So, other- so Satvik was running a fairly successful business uh, in the Second Life ecosystem where he was building these like these virtual pets called phoenixes and they're kind of like these fox-like creatures where you can take the mother and the father pair them together and the offspring would have genetic characteristics <laughs> of parents and the beauty of these little pets was that they were free but if you wanted to keep your pet alive you'd have to feed it And if you wanted to feed it you'd have to buy food and food would cost one dollar per month And from what I heard, at one point, he had 60,000 of these Phoenixes floating in Second Space, right? So, or Second Life. And so, so Sutvig had about five programmers working for him at the time. And so, the thing I love about Sutvig is that, you know, it's very, very, very hard to find people who are, like, you know, technically capable and super smart and... That understand business. Right. And so something kind of gets both of those really well. And, and I, I haven't met many people like
1: that. Well, you, you are super humble. You're super smart. And, uh, I think it's a great team. That's what I see. Yeah. So that's one of the uh, other main ingredients uh, that I would like to underline and highlight is the brand. I, I think your team is clearly the reason for the brand and uh, you guys were the ones that carefully listened to the market responded to it and stayed humble, probably made mistakes, but uh, you know, that humility helps in, uh, you know, making corrections and moving forward. I think brilliantly done. Thank you for your time. Did you have any other questions at that? I didn't want to presume.
2: No, no. I think it's, it's, it's good timing. Maybe I'll catch Sunny in London again. I don't know. He travels more than I do uh but you know thanks a lot you know i mean i think for my end you know it's always uh, you know good to get a success story and you know pass it on to uh your listeners right uh and i think uh, i think people normally think success is there's something that's happened where you got lucky or all that good stuff but i think what you have highlighted is you know it's about humility it's about understanding the market it's about appreciating each other it's about you know, I'm sure your days and nights would have been absolutely crazy. I remember in London, you were telling me when you went to get funding. If I remember, you guys, all of y'all shared, uh, shared a hotel room, right? And it's, it's all about that, right? It's not, you know, everybody, you know, I think somebody said, you know, you get rewarded in public for what you practice in private. And, you know, it's all those things that are, you know, adding on and on and on. It's, it's, it's just great to see, you know, all the KYC, the AML and all the features you're building in, it's it's phenomenal, Right.
0: You yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. No, I, I really, I really do
1: appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. A couple of quick uh, links from you. How do people keep in touch with your, with Unicoin? Is there a newsletter or is there a website page they can go to and subscribe to a newsletter? Do you have anything of that kind? And also how do they, I mean, if some of them want to follow up with you, do you have a Twitter account or something yeah yeah.
0: yeah yeah so i mean like on unocoin.com there's you can get our newsletter you can you know obviously sign up for free as well get a wallet start buying bitcoin um our twitter handle for unocoin is at unocoin u-n-o-c-o-i-n and my personal twitter is sunny startups with the s at the end so sunny startups and i'm he's like quite active on twitter I, I spend probably way too much time on it but uh i just find that it's like this amazing place where you can quickly connect with the rest of the world on a topic that you're interested in and get real-time feedback i just love twitter so um yeah definitely people can reach out on twitter that might be you know one of the best places and uh, yeah, i really appreciate you, know, you guys giving me this opportunity to speak um, i'm definitely open to coming back um, the only thing I wanted to just kind of leave your listeners with, you know, if there's even one person out there that takes this to heart, it'd be good. Is that, is that, you know, Bitcoin uh, presents everybody an opportunity for the first time in humanity almost to, to start a business themselves in, you know, the, the, the financial world. Like uh, that's, that's, that's been almost impossible. Um, and so anybody who's thinking about it, you know, I'd encourage them to, to, to just give it a try and, and you know I think Elon Musk said it in one of his like interviews where he said that it's kind of I think entrepreneurship is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss um, you know it, that's very true <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like the, the best description it's super hard but at the same time it's you know it's very rewarding um, you know you can you can change a lot of lives this way as well so
1: amazing amazing yeah. Thank cool. you oh, very much, Sonny. You have a wonderful rest of the day and uh, we look forward to the next time you're back. Yeah.
2: All right, cheers. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sonny. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the
0: Crypto Nights. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io.